and welcome to the NFL Draft. Tonight, we officially welcome the next generation of players. So if you're ready, are you ready? Let's get it started. The NFL Draft is officially open. Welcome inside the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. I am your host, Benjamin Solak. Trevor Sigma still sitting on the bench on this beautiful Wednesday. I, in replacement of Trevor, brought on some more of the TDN team. It's Kyle Krabs and Jordan Reed, two members of our scouting staff. And I wanted from them the earliest and spiciest possible 2022 NFL Draft take i wanted to get them an opportunity to plant their flag as early as possible on a guy on a take on an opinion on this upcoming class so that'd be a fun way to get just a quick preview before trev and i have even started summer scouting on some of these 2022 prospects and so this episode of locked on nfl draft brought to you by peacock and williamson one of the best shows here in the locked on network subscribe wherever you get your shows we'll be featuring some more of the tdn crew kyle Krabs of draft dudes another locked on show and jordan reed first we go to kyle First up on the docket for early 2022 NFL Draft Spice is the grindfather himself. Nobody would know more about the uh, upcoming draft class earlier than Kyle Krabs, who of course has uh, more time than ever to be scouting now that he's being woken up all hours of the night by a beautiful six-month-old baby. Kyle, throw, uh, do you throw five picks in practice recently? Any, uh, uh, any interceptions in practice? I, I have not personally but i know some who have and uh i guess the the main driving point there was we're trying to be aggressive and we're trying to throw the ball vertical even though it's torrential downpour at practice so listen it's confirmation bias season if you like to a tongue of a low you're going to think nothing of five picks in practice if you Mm -hmm. don't like to a tongue of a low you're going to think everything about five picks in practice and i'm just trying not to ride the roller coaster (laughs) i'm trying to stay off the roller coaster um, th- this is a no excuses situation for him that they have created, mm-hmm. in my opinion, in, in tailoring a playbook to him and bringing in a bunch of weapons that replicate the speed that he had at Alabama. They now have a faster 11 personnel group than what the Kansas City Chiefs do, just based off 40 times. So, like, right. go do it. G- go do it or don't. It's, uh, it's, right, five picks in practice in June. Either he's good and nobody cares or he's bad, but if two is bad, he won't be a high pick player anyway. Like he'll be bad because right. of the throws he doesn't take and because of being too cautious. And so, correct. This definitely doesn't mean anything, but boy, on June fifteenth, it sure does feel like it means it's everything. everything. <laughs> That's what we got to do. All right. Uh, all two jokes aside, yeah. I, as I said in the intro, I am very excited for summer scouting when when Trev and I start to get there in July. But for right now. I know that Spencer Rattler's kind of good, and Kayvon Thibodeau looks nuts, and I like Isaiah Spiller, and that's pretty much all I got. So, I'm curious, Kyle, I want you to blow my mind, I want you to say a name I've never heard of, I want you to to change my already non-existent perspective on the 2022 draft class. Biggest draft take, middle of June, I'm making you put it out there on the airwaves, what do you got for me? Penn State linebacker Brandon Smith has Isaiah Simmons potential. Whoa, okay, this is very good, because... Let's start with who is Brandon Smith. <laughs> so Brandon Smith was a first-year starter last year at Penn State. Uh, he's played in every game since he got there. He's a true junior. He's 603 uh, 240, 245 pounds, depending on where you're choosing to look. Uh, reportedly ran a 438 in the buildup to the opening mm-hmm. uh, when he was uh, still a five-star recruit. He was like a top 15 recruit in the entire country. 
And he pretty much started last year for Penn State and spent half his reps out in the nickel or out on the hash, kind of in that Jeremiah Wusu-Koromoa alignment, okay. but doing it at 6'3", 240. And uh, spent the other times either on the line of scrimmage, creeper, walked up into gaps. Uh, not a lot of true stack reps, not a mic, but uh, somebody who they used in an attack role a lot. And okay. you charted uh, Justin Fields last year. I don't know if you remember the sack that he took at, in the fourth was that Was that the, like, he was just completely blind, just got absolutely lit up in the back, right? That's yeah. Brandon Smith. That, okay. that, was, that was the fourth quarter of that game. But what stood out to me about that game was how hard Justin Fields is to tackle and bring down. And Brandon Smith tackled him. And I understand it was it feels his eyes were the other direction. But Smith brought him down like he was like 190-pound Kellen Moore. Right, and that exactly. was like, okay, this dude yeah, can hit. Rutgers players were also getting similar angles. Indiana players were getting – Jamar Johnson had a similar angle right. to Justin Fields, and that wasn't happening. Yeah. Right. So that, that was – I just watched him over the weekend, and that was like, this dude has all the tools in the world. Now, he – Needs to expand upon his tool belt, right? He's a nine-game starter for Penn State for a terrible defense last year. Mm -hmm. Um, But from an athletic skill set perspective, I would not be shocked at all if Penn State has some stability on defense this year and he continues to play that versatile hybrid linebacker role who can play in coverage, did a lot of cover three drops for them, and uh, gets himself a, a really big fan club. By the end now, of this now year. this is this is crazy because usually when you're watching a potential early round draft pick on a team on a position group and there's a guy like this waiting in the wings that gets talked about but obviously Michael Parsons didn't play in 2020 that's right. what I'm alluding to and so I'm curious so you said Smith's been a, a starter every season he's been there so he played in 2019 no, so he was only a starter this past year. Oh, okay. That's very interesting. But he played. He was like a, a depth rotational okay. special teams guy his true freshman season when Parsons did play. Okay, so when Parsons is playing that stack role, Smith's right, that rotational guy. And then this past year, even without Parsons playing stack linebacker, he's still kind of that overhang outside linebacker type? Yes. Okay. Yeah. So you, they, they had yeah. somebody else completely different who stepped into Parsons' role as the mic. So this is interesting because he, you said he's 6'3", 240, 245. Is yes. He, and you said that Usu role. Is he able to play... In space, is he able to zone drop, or is it more so like coming off the edge? So he's physically capable of it, but right now there's a lot of like grass dropping as far as just mm-hmm. dropping to your landmark, regardless of if there's anybody in that landmark, and and having anticipation to kind of adjust your landmarks to to shade your zones appropriately. But he's a plus athlete in space, and right. when when they kind of have him in flat responsibility, and there's screen passes, swing passes, uh, tunnel-type concepts that that are in the flat for him to see developing and trigger and come downfield, he puts the wallop on you. Uh, he, he gets down into the line of scrimmage very quickly. He, ha- he maintains very good edge uh, and flat responsibility and integrity towards the line of scrimmage. Uh, he had a couple of those plays. He finished last year with eight tackles for loss, and a couple of those came in the flats in pass coverage. Right. So... Uh, as far as transitions, didn't get to see too much of it because he was just true hook curl dropping as compared to actually processing what the routes are and, and making sure he was taking away that throwing window accordingly. So 
there's a lot of room for growth there, but that's why when I dropped the hot take, I said potential because I'm giving myself right. the out here. And also, let's not sit here and be like Isaiah Simmons was the greatest zone cover drop guy that ever existed right. on the face of the planet coming out of Clemson, right? That was part of your concern was, okay, I mean, he's got this ludicrous set of tools and he's got this length and when he's got man coverage over some ACC tight end, like, yeah, it was, looks great and whatever, but in terms of, like, legitimate coverage instincts... You know, a little bit of Hunter Long slander on a Wednesday. I'm not sure. I okay, I, I was thinking about the Duke kid. I couldn't remember his name. Uh, Noah Gray. I Noah Gray. Was, yeah, Noah Gray. Yeah, but uh, right. Like I think that that you don't necessarily expect your 240 pounders to come out with the best coverage instincts, regardless of the athletic profile, regardless of the program. Uh, it's the uh, from what I'm understanding right now, Penn State's about to produce another like absurd testing athlete on Correct. defense. Yeah. Why he, hasn't this team been good? I wish I understood what happened to the team last year. And obviously you lose Parsons. It's a big mm-hmm. loss on defense. But you still had plenty of other talent on the defensive side of the ball. Offensively, uh, I think losing Journey Brown hurt a lot. Had the medical retirement. Oh, yeah. uh, Sean Clifford was not good. And I'm being very <laughs> diplomatic right now. Yep. Uh, Jahan Dotson was good, not KJ Hamler good. Um, and Pat Farmies got hurt as well partway through the season. So, yeah. but, but they started 0 and 5 and then won their final four games. So their win total right now is like eight or something like eight, I, nine. Like I think like, that's eight's about right mm-hmm. for them. I think they, they do have a significant amount of players coming back. They've got three pro prospects at linebacker. They have uh, a safety, a corner. Uh, they actually have two corners, Joey Porter Jr., uh, yeah. Uh, now, I usually joke about people feeling old, but I don't know if you can appreciate Joey Porter Sr. enough to feel old about Joey Porter Jr. My pops was a Steelers fan. I got a, a, a good, healthy love for Joey Porter. I like in terms of when I think about linebackers, Joey Porter is probably one of the first players that I think about in terms of like young Ben. He was great until he got to the most useless position on the field, which was behind the quarterback, right? Because Joey <laughs> Joey Porter always had the, I'm going to bust my ass up the field, and if I get run by the quarterback, oh well, but <laughs> I'm going to try and take it with speed. Listen, we're, we're just compromising pocket integrity, all right? Don't worry about it. We're forcing him up to the defensive tackle. I'll say this about Joey Porter Jr., who is, I believe, a redshirt sophomore. He's technically eligible because I wrote him up as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's the longest corner I've ever seen in my entire life. Oh my God! Really? He has he has edge length at six two one ninety five, just freakish length. Oh yeah! I, I just Google image photos. Unbelievable! Real quick. <laughs> his arm hands are, are below his kneecap. Correct. So if oh, you like pre- long press, like you know any of those Gus Bradley type defenses, like go ahead just. Put him on your radar now. Just be aware of him. Keep an eye out. He's physical. Holy uh, he he's pretty involved in in blitz game too. When offenses go closed on that side of the field, um, they'll they'll bring the safety down and actually blitz him off the edge, and he gets some good pressure situations there too. So Penn State, you know, they last year was a lot of cover three, a lot of Tampa two. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was a good good perspective on zone coverages for a lot of these guys. So. Maybe they'll maybe experience with so many 
even experienced players who were all first-time starters in 2020, maybe that's the hump that Penn State needs now to get yeah. over. They got a bunch of guys. They got a little taste for starting. Now, like, okay, let's actually play some football. I, uh, yeah, I, I forget. There was one of the college preview mags. I think it was Lindy. I'm not sure where uh, they were doing the Penn State preview, and they were talking about how well Franklin recruits. And then the like opposing head coach quote was like, yeah, which makes you wonder why the team keeps underperforming. Cough, game day decisions, cough. You know what I mean? Like, it's, it's kind of where they've I, been at. I've had this big argument with Dre Harris about James Franklin as a oh, coach, yeah? where I said, James Franklin is a top blank, you want to say 10 recruiter in college football. Mm-hmm. The, I mean, had a commitment I, from Justin I, Fields there. I went to Happy Valley. I know what's there and what's not. Okay, you're getting five star recruits to go to Penn State. Like you're doing something right. Yep. But he's one of the worst game situation and game day management coaches in college football. As far as situational football, his record against ranked teams, um, I, I forget what the stat was, but it was like any time that they were within like a one score game against a ranked team. I think they won one game. They've given away multiple, multiple score leads against Ohio State, and he's not been there long enough for that right. thing. Right. Yeah. And let's not forget the Rose Bowl against USC. Another great one. Yeah. Where they were up, what, tw- 14 points with five Sam minutes Donald left or something? He a lot of money. Right? He sure did. Yeah, 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 he yeah. sure did. Yes, he did. <laughs> so, I uh, okay, I want to ask this then, because like I said, I don't have much of a framework for it. I think of 2022 linebackers, and the only guys who come to my head are Overshown, the Texas linebacker who wears seven armbands on one arm, and then Olafashio, the linebacker for Washington who wears 48, which I think is weird. I got nobody. And so Brandon Smith, best one you've watched, or is there somebody else who's like as a clear top guy? For me personally, yes. Mm-hmm. I know uh, Christian Harris from Alabama, I have not watched, right? Uh, yeah. but he pops a ton anytime you watch That's Alabama. Number, is he number eight? Eight, yes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they also have a transfer in Henry Toe, yeah. who, who was at Tennessee mm-hmm. and transferred into Alabama, so naturally Alabama's just disgustingly loaded yet again this year. Um, and then I think of couple of guys from the ACC, uh, Amari Gaynor from Florida State, I think is a okay. fun player, uh, really rangy. Uh, he, he's probably the top ACC guy. Um, Wisconsin's got two. If it was 1990, Wisconsin's Wisconsin, got Wisconsin, Wisconsin would have two first-round picks at linebacker if it was 1990. Um, Jack Sanborn and Leo Chanel. Uh, Leo Chanel from a play style perspective and build perspective reminds me of Brian Cushing for better and for worse. Okay. It's just like a complete psychopath on the field. And I love it. Like he, he will blow up guards in the hole. He will blow up backs and pass protection, but everything's straight ahead right now. Mm -hmm. And uh, both of those linebackers are like that, but you do also appreciate the fact that like, Jim Leonard's defense is very, very complex. You know, between his playing days underneath Rex Ryan, and he worked with Dave Aranda for a while. So they ask their linebackers specifically because they play a lot of, like, 4-2-5. Um, and, and technically, they're a base 3-4 defense, but they're always in nickel because they're playing a bunch of teams that spread it out. Um, what they ask those two linebackers to do, it's a lot of gap exchanges, a lot of cross-dog, uh, a lot of back on back out type stuff so that they're doing a lot of things that translate to the NFL level. It's just mm-hmm. a question of 
do you need to be 250 or can we cut it down <laughs> a little bit and maybe get a little bit more athleticism out of you? Right, absolutely. Trying to match the athletes leaving the Illinois backfield. And the Correct, backfield yeah. It's a little different uh, in terms of the NFL. All right, dude, I'm, lo- I'm just looking at Brandon Smith photos while you're talking. This kid looks like he's absolutely humongous. Yes, yes. This is awesome. All right, Kyle Krabs, the next Isaiah Simmons coming out of Happy Valley, Brandon Smith. Uh, appreciate you planting the flag 10 months before he even has maybe a chance of entering the NFL draft. Uh, but we can Gotta say do it. this time with conviction, if he ends up quite good, you were literally first. <laughs> and there's no way it can be argued. Well, it's uh, I have had it go the other way on me in summer scouting and things go terribly mm-hmm. wrong. So I'm not going to lie. It would be nice to have one hit. Yeah, so yeah. let's hope for the best. We are. Go out there and do it, and uh, I'm expecting big things from Brandon Smith just from uh, an opportunity perspective, a physical skill set perspective, hoping 2020 was kind of the foundational piece for him to uh, start to connect the dots and live up to his athletic potential. Don't worry, man. Listeners of the show will remember Marvin Wilson expectations from the past summer from me, so it's uh, it's tougher to get worse than that in terms of um, mm, michigan state quarterback a couple years ago oh dude i forgot about oh man brian lewerke oh uh, i was two years before he finished his eligibility yeah. so it was after his sophomore season i watched that utah state week zero game with you i remember just being like oh like this got some some uh some nice little throws here yeah and, and then... his, his bowl game against who they play in the, it was washington state they play washington state yes. he's great and it's like this guy's coming back. Great. We can work with this. This guy's got a little something. He's athletic. Well, then he gets hurt. his throwing shoulder. And I don't know if it was yips or what, but like right. just completely the wheels fell off the bus uh, for the last two years there. Brian Lewerke is not a name I have thought of or heard in quite some time. Uh, I hope to never think of it again. Yeah, never. All right. Sixers and six, Kyle. Let's get it done. Let's hope so. Uh, I need Joel Embiid to hit something from the floor. Uh, just early because otherwise i'm gonna be real nervous about what it looks like from here yeah i uh you make the joke about like he can have my knee literally at this point i would give him i would he can have mine too technology yeah all right thanks Kyle. thanks ben this episode of Locked On NFL Draft is brought to you by Rock Auto with all of the ever-increasing numbers of making models it is now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock every single one of the parts that you need. So why? Why? Endure often pointless and seemingly intimidating questioning. Is your Odyssey an LX or an EX? In my case, uh, my Ford ZX2 is technically an Escort, but it was like before they started naming them Escorts. So anyway, why would you do that and wait while the person behind the counter orders the parts on their computer when you could choose for yourself on your computer with rockauto.com, you're going to save time, you're going to save money, you're going to save up to 30, 50, even 100% more than a chain store or a car dealership. It's a family business with reliably low prices. And of course, in that suggestion box, in that how did you hear about us field, you get to put locked on. And that way the people know that we sent you there to rockauto.com. And so support the show, hop on over to rockauto.com for all of the car parts you will ever need. 
And of course, I wanted to take another moment to tell you guys about Built Bar, one of our favorite sponsors on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. It is the single best tasting protein bar ever. My personal favorite flavors, the peanut butter brownie, the mint brownie, double chocolate, also a very good one. Uh, It has nine delicious flavors that you can choose from. So if you're a coconut guy, you can go for that. Certainly not me. 17 grams of protein, 130 calories, four grams of sugar, and only four grams of net carbs. So as you look to work off that pandemic quarantine belly, Speaking from experience, head to the gym, throw a Built Bar in your bag, and make sure that you get your macros and your diet right. Built Bar, of course, a 15% off offer with the code LOCKEDON15. That's, excuse me, with the code LOCKED15. That's LOCKED15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. So if you want to try the best tasting protein bars on the planet, LOCKED15 at BuiltBar.com. And remember that this episode of Lockdown NFL Draft is, as always, brought to you by BetOnline.ag, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action, baseball seasons in full swing. So get all of the latest news, odds, and info for MLB and NBA and the NHL playoffs and UFC and MMA at BetOnline.ag. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore as this is your chance to get in the game as teams prep for their playoff runs. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Use the promo code LOCKEDON at betonline.ag, your online sportsbooks experts. Back from the break, uh, Kyle Krabs definitely, he got a loud reaction out of me. Uh, I'm not going to say, actually, I'll, I'll tell Jordan his take. He uh, he likes that Penn State linebacker, Brandon Smith, as a potential uh, Isaiah Simmons arc coming into the, the next season or two, which will, it'll be fun to see. But Kyle set the bar high, and so Jordan Reed, uh, also one of our scouts here at the Draft Network, I want to hear from you the spiciest 2022 NFL draft take that you've got 10-plus months out. This is your opportunity to plant the earliest flag on a guy. So let's hear it. Spicy take from Jordan. (laughs) I might even overstep Kyle's boundaries here just because I have a player that I really, really like. So Andrew Booth Jr., the Clemson corner, I think when it's all said and done, we're going to be talking about him and Derek Stingley as 1A and 1B in this cornerback class. I think that highly highly of Booth. I think he's a really good player. So I I think that most people listening to the show who have watched college football or just been around it will know Derek Stingley's name. Andrew Booth, not so much. So give me the – I know you're a big background guy. Give me the background on him because Stingley's, you know – People thought he should have been an SEC freshman of the year. Booth hasn't had that degree of hype. So where did this guy come from? Why do you have him in such high esteem? So I won't go too deep into it, but he did start four games last year. And like I told the guys in a scouting meeting, the only reason why he only started those four games is because they were trying to make Darion Kendrick a thing. Um, and I mean, Kendrick's a good player, but I just think Booth is on a different level as far as his athleticism. Go and watch him against Miami. He was fantastic. Pittsburgh, he was outstanding. And then Virginia, he had a one-hand interception in that game of where he was just outstanding as well. And if you do watch the first game that he played in against Wake Forest, he did struggle a bit. But that was really the first game. It was the opening game of the year. But it was really his first time seeing action in his career as well. So I think he's a player that's going to have a big year this year. We're going to get him get to see him play against some really good competition early on <clears throat> as they played ger- against Georgia early on. I hate that George Pickens got hurt. I think that was going to be a really good matchup between yeah, those yeah. two. But the same way we talked about after Farley's injury that we talked about J.C. Horn and then Patrick Sertain the second. I think that's probably how we're going to go back and forth with Derek Stingley Jr. and then also Andrew Booth Jr. as well. Uh, Stingley, 
tons of hype through 2019. He wasn't an opt-out player in 2020, though, right? It just felt like he kind of wasn't discussed as much as a true sophomore. Have you watched his film off of the 2020 season? Yeah, he was battling an illness last year, and then okay. he, he had an injury last year as well. I remember that random game yeah. where he was just like out, and nobody knew it was coming. So it was the Mississippi State game of where KJ Costello just lit him up for like yeah, right. 600 yards. But yeah, where they were just trying to play man coverage against Mesh, and they were absolutely killing him. But uh, I, I think he just didn't look healthy last year, but he still had a good year in my eyes. But it just wasn't that 2019 year like we saw from him. He had six interceptions, I believe it was. As a true freshman, didn't have any uh, or one, if I'm not mistaken, last year. So I think he's probably going to return back to that player. Maybe not so much the ball production that we saw in 2019, but I think now with the full offseason, he's not going to be tested quite as much as we saw in 2019. So his numbers may dip a little bit from that season, but I still expect him to have a big year. And you see all the rumors coming out of him playing wide receiver, too, as well. So I think he's probably going to return to that 2019 guy that we saw. All right, so between the two of them then, I'm curious, we have seen in the past five, six, seven drafts, whatever, we're pretty much always getting a top 10 corner. We had Trey Waynes just outside of it at 11. We had Marshawn Lattimore just outside of it at 11 at 2017. But in general, there's a top 10 corner every year. These guys are that caliber, right? Yeah, I think so. Um, okay. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. So then I want to I wanna push it and say 2020, we had Jeff Okuda go top five. 2018, we had Denzel Ward go top five. And then 2016, we had Jalen Ramsey go top five. Are, this is not a great quarterback draft, so there's going to be spots available in the top five. Are we looking at these sort of players in Andrew Booth and Derek Stingley? Yeah, I think you're talking yeah. about guys that are going to run 4-3, they're going to jump 40-plus, and then they're going to have the production to back it up as well. And Booth's not getting a lot of hype right now. It's just because the sample size is so small. But mm-hmm. if you go and look, like Clemson has a really weird corner rotation, and I'm not sure what the math was behind it or whatever. So they have three guys that they rotated. Sheridan Jones is another that we'll be hearing a lot about this year. He'll be the guy opposite of Andrew Booth. But with Darion Kendrick, we know with the, the suspensions that he had, I think it was the first half against Pittsburgh and then also against Wake Forest as well. So they were just – they had a weird rotation of where Booth really wasn't able to get into a rhythm. But when he was out there, like, he was shut down, man. And you see the athleticism he has, like mm-hmm. – uh, you see all the highlights of him of where he can just put his body in those awkward positions of when he exits phase. And if he is even beat, like he can just reach for the ball and knock it down. Like he had one play like that against Miami down the right sideline of where D.A. King was testing him. And he just contorted his body and he just knocked it down. He, he's a really, really good prospect. And I was telling Joe about it. Joe has the ACC. So I was just telling him, like, I had already watched Booth in the summer prior to. And I was hyping him up, and he texted me like, yeah, he's a dude. <laughs> I'm glad to hear it. Uh, I know the other guy that I saw you watch was Kyer Elam, who Trev's excited about on this show because he's a Gator. I'm guessing his exclusion indicates he's just not in this not in this echelon just yet? I think he has some strides to make. Uh, he, he's very similar to uh, Patrick Sertain Jr. in that he's built to perform really well against those bigger physical type of wide receivers. But those twitchy guys really gave him issues. The the Arkansas game was one where he really did struggle. He gave up a touchdown down the right sideline. And then it's just a matter of him being a little bit more controlled in his technique as far as his press. He's really aggressive at the line of scrimmage. And he's kind of like Xavier Rose, too. If you remember Rose when he was coming out of Florida State, where he was really Mm -hmm. aggressive and grabby at the line of scrimmage. And he's just really physical in route stems. So he just has to learn to really hone in that short area quickness a little bit and just match a mirror a little bit better against some of those short and shiftier guys, which have given them troubles. 
goodness, I love talking to Jordan because literally all you, you ask about a player you didn't tell him you're going to ask about. And he's like, yeah, you watch the Arkansas game. Here's two pro comparisons just right off the top. It's always <laughs> impressive stuff. Uh, this cornerback class, better or worse than last year's cornerback class, your best guess right now? Better. I think this yeah. is it's, it's really, really good, Ben. And, you know, there's some guys that I think are probably going to be in considerations for first-round picks. It's not getting a lot of hype right now. Trent McDuffie. From Washington. Oh, I love Trent McDuffie. He's one that's going to be hyped up a bunch. And uh, Brentley, Brentley Wiseman was the guy that did it in our scouting meetings, and he was hyping him up the other day. And I'm really excited to get into his film. So he's one that we're going to be really high on. Amai really Gardner, Amai Gardner from Cincinnati is uh, one that a lot of people are high Please, on. Use right his, now. use his now. Use his his full name. Use his name as a Sauce corner. Gardner. Sauce Gardner. Yes, sir. <laughs> the all name team for sure. So, yeah, this corner class is really, really good. Edge looks pretty nuts, and corner looks pretty nuts, and that gets me excited, man, because I, as much as, fun, as, much fun as the, the big, healthy quarterback drafts are, as we had last year, I'm ready to talk about a different position a little bit more, and I think that this is going to be the draft where we get to do it. Yeah, and it's, it's kind of flip-flopped of where it was an offensive-centric and strong draft class last year. I think it's going to be the opposite this year with defense. This is going to be a really good defensive class. I'm excited. Jordan, Andrew Booth is the guy. And when you're watching Clemson football, we're watching your bad NFL team, actually, and hoping that they get a good corner, and you're suddenly rooting for Andrew Booth, it'll be because Jordan told you about him uh, in the months of June. Jordan, thank you so much for uh, giving the time, man. I'm rooting for Andrew Booth now. Absolutely. Thanks as always, Ben. Yeah, take care, man. You have a good one. You too.